Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. everyone, and welcome to the MCU Lorecast. I'm Captain Shenko. And I'm Psych88. And today, we've got another patron chat. So, everyone, please welcome our favorite patron, Penguin Ninja. Hello. It's always good to have you on, Penguin. So, uh, today, we are talking about our top three favorite comic book lines or storylines or, or whatever. Um, you know. I, I don't feel like I get to talk about comic books enough, in all honesty, so I f- figured I'd subject the two of you, at least, to this as well. Um, so we'll start with our guest, of course, uh, Penguin. What is your third favorite storyline from Marvel? Uh, my third favorite is Deadpool, King of Monsters. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and describe it a little bit for, for our listeners who aren't as familiar with the the Deadpool verse uh well this particular run is it it can be summarized in Deadpool finds himself on Staten Island and he realizes it is full of monsters so naturally being Deadpool he kills the king of them and becomes king of the monsters himself like he does course of course right okay yeah that's that's a good fun one i mean it's it's classic classic deadpool uh rampant m- rampant murder you know quippiness all over the place um plus you get a whole monster fight thing it's it's a really good book yeah it's it, it it's not i wouldn't say it's quite as dark as some other deadpool books but it 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 encaps- encapsulates deadpool well True, because uh, for some darker stuff, I mean, you've got uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel verse, uh, Deadpool kills the Marvel verse again, and um, uh, like King's Ransom or something. And plus, his whole stint on uh, Cable and Deadpool can get a little, get really into the weeds on that. 
but hey, that's that's a good one. That's a good fun, good fun book. All right, uh, Shanko, you've been off the quiet, so I'm just gonna straight up ask you, what's your third favorite storyline? So my third favorite storyline is not nearly so fun as a quippy, fun Deadpool storyline, and I go with the death of Captain America. <laughs> Wolf, and we are right in the feels on that. So, yeah, it was a pretty big turning point for the character of Captain America, who was going to take over the mantle. There was a scramble for the shield, a scramble for the power, and my guy Cap is right at the center of it. But now he's all like dead. So, yikes! Yeah. Also, my guy Crossbones—he's kind of at fault for this. Yes, because this follows right on the heels of. Uh, the aftermath of the Civil War between our heroes. Uh, Crossbones assassinates him on the steps there in D.C. And you get Bucky and U.S. Agent and Sam Wilson uh, and a couple others all trying to figure out, okay, we need somebody picking up this mantle. Who's it going to be? Who's going to wield the shield? You know, finally, it does. It, it's not nearly as clean as uh as some of the as the movies would have us have um bucky does actually take up the mantle for a little while while at the same time falcon is also doing it as well so uh while the new avengers are running around with their captain america uh bucky uh you've also got sam doing it as well Mm -hmm. and what about you psych i know you have been itching to talk about comic book stories what makes your top three? What rounds out the three? All right. Third one is Spider-Man Back in Black. Also a storyline following the aftermath of the Civil War. Uh, when Spidey un- you know, unveils himself uh, as Peter Parker, um, the Kingpin takes that personally, and he puts a hit out on Spidey plus two, which at this time is his wife, Mary Jane, and the lovable Aunt May. And a hitman manages to succeed in finding Spider-Man after he's gone underground because he has a turn of heart midway through the Civil War, realizes he's made a vastly bad mistake in joining the pro-registration side. So he jumps ship and he puts his family into hiding, but it's not quite good enough. And when the assassin tracks him down, Spite, you know, his spidey sense goes off and he manages to not get shot, but Aunt May takes a bullet for him. And that sends him into a rage filled, just beat down. And he gathers up. It's not the symbiote, but it is a it is a costume of that of that black and white signature look. Um, and he goes out and he just terrorizes the underworld till he finds uh the kingpin who is lording himself perfectly well um in jail and he does a one-on-one fight uh not as spider-man he's like no no i'm peter parker for this one as he like takes the mask off and he beats the crap out of the kingpin in front of all the prisoners that you know the kingpin's been lording over and everything proving how weak and you know ineffective the kingpin is it's it is a fantastic story. I love it. Um, it's a shame it followed, is followed by uh, One More Day. Yeah, the stories don't always end up going where you want them to. It doesn't always stick. No, yeah. Uh, like obviously, my guy Captain America can't stay dead. 
So, <laughs> no, of course not. Why? Why would Marvel keep one of their big cash cows dead? Uh, death is a vacation in the Marvel universe. There is very, very few characters who get to come back. Everyone else basically just kind of takes a sabbatical for like six months and oh hey here's a storyline that brings them back we pulled them out of time or a uh, body double died in their place or whatever like it's just death is why comics are a soap opera they just they just keep going for a reason it's like yeah. a telenovela <laughs> it was my secret twin all along yeah but actually <laughs> Actually, uh, let me pull your 50s counterpart back into the modern day. That's who we're going to have as Steve Rogers again. Or let me make a deal with the devil to sell, to save my elderly aunt. It's just... Listen, Hail Hydra. Oh. oh, oh, oh ow. That hurts. <laughs> Hail Hydra. You don't got to talk about it. We're. I mean, we're going to. It's going to happen, but yeah. Can Deadpool just go back and kill that version and, and retcon <laughs> it all? Like, uh, Well, the he secret... He had his way. Yeah, yeah. The, the uh, secret empire storyline, uh, Axis bit, it's, it's... They got what they wanted out of it, and then, and then some, I would say. Yeah, they got book burnings, that's what they got. <laughs> Yeah, so they got a little bit more out of it than they. <laughs> Listen, I still have my copy somewhere. I didn't destroy mine, so you know maybe one day it might be worth something because there are fewer copies than when they started out because people got angry. That's that is actually a good idea to hold on to. I mean, nothing breeds wealth like controversy. <laughs> All right, um, so bringing this back to our guest, uh, Penguin, uh, what makes your number two spot? My number two is the current run of Ghost Rider. Okay, I am not up to date on Ghost Rider, so you, you, please, the floor is yours. Oh, this this current run of Ghost Rider is... It, it's, it's back to Johnny Blaze, and... Oh boy, some of the art, some of the art in this book, it, 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 it makes Deadpool looks like Child's Play. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. It's just, it's the spirit of vengeance going through, basically the spirit of vengeance is going full Doomslayer on everything he sees. Oh. It's, yeah, every, any sort of demonic presence or anything like that he finds, it is, he, he turns that place into a war zone. It is a very Ghost Rider, and I, I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. Okay. When did this current run uh, start? Um, uh, last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like eleven issues in. Okay. Cool. I'll um. Yeah, Ghost Rider is one of those characters that I am uh, only most like marginally familiar with. I know he's there. I've got a few books. Um, I picked up uh, oh, what was it? It was a standalone uh the road to hell or something about his time in hell and trying to get out um and, and whatnot um and i picked up a few books after that but i mean that was all late aughts early early tens so i'm very out of out of the sphere of ghostwriter 
So, Penguin, would you say that this storyline is just kind of a return to classic Ghost Rider, and that's why you seem to be enjoying it so much? Yeah, I'd say so. That it it's very reminiscent of what you'd expect out of Ghost Rider, really. Mm-hmm. Um, does it seem like where where do you think it's gonna like start capping off at, or uh, like are you in on the news of how it's doing sales wise? Is it looking like a twelve issue run, twenty four issue run? Like uh, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't looked that up at all. Okay, I- I've kind of just been reading them as I see them pop onto Marvel Unlimited. Oh, all right, yeah. How is Marvel Unlimited? I I have a little bit of a financial buff thing, like so I can't get all the nice subscriptions. So how how is that? I I really like it. It's it's pretty solid. For, I think it's like seven ninety nine or six ninety nine, huh? and it it has a very solid selection. And I believe the current runs are only like three months behind. Okay, when they release, so it, it keeps up pretty well. It, it has it has a lot of the most popular stuff on it so nice Nice. i'm enjoying it that's good that's good all right all right shanko dare i take a stab at your number two or should should i just let you tell us what it is you can take a stab at my number two because i might have something to say about whatever whatever you bring if it's not the one that's on my mind uh is it not the um bloodstone arc with crossbones okay so that's actually that was going to be my first pick. Uh, so, uh, so I can I can talk about my third pick uh, in or my my first rather in in uh, alternate order. But yes, the Bloodstone Hunt was on my list, and yeah, I think you you probably know why. But for everyone listening at home, it's Crossbones' origin. He makes his first appearance. He makes first cameo and first appearance in this run. And my other favorite guy, Batroc, also makes a kind of marginal appearance as basically just a sacrifice along with a whole rogues gallery of Captain America's B-listers. Right. So uh, the B-list is where I live. So So listen, a storyline that gives my favorite B-listers the spotlight for even just two seconds is fantastic. And the fact that my favorite king of the b-listers in captain america comics crossbones makes his debut here sure makes it a no-brainer with captain america's rogues most of them are b-list i mean i'd only say a handful and i say handful i think maybe even two but make a list which would be the red skull and maybe zola and everyone else kind of just falls to the wayside in comparison well you do have zemo too oh right zemo i he's such he's so ingrained into a lot of uh, avengers i I forget that he's a cap first so yeah Mm -hmm. zemo Mm -hmm. and it's i think it's just kind of a interesting classic cap storyline and having all of my favorite guys all my favorite villains in one story it makes it even better for me it's also probably art wise one of my preferred art style eras for captain america comics i like that that older classic style nice nice. this is what like late 60s i think it was 68 or 69 that this comic run came out i want to say it's uh, probably even later than that but i'd have to just 
listen to we can just listen to the winter soldier episode again and i'll i'll tell us all when that was <laughs> um because i'm forgetting right now I should, um, I should probably know the answer to that but um that's just off the top of my head <laughs> right okay no that's good and, that's a good one and what about you psych okay um it is a precursor book to uh the messiah trilogy for the x-men and it's mm-hmm. x-men supernovas um it's it leads with rogue she gets a like strike team uh it's set after the uh decimation day where only 10 percent of the mutant population has their powers left most of them being major x-men characters go figure um so she gets she gets her own team that's supposed to go out and handle threats um the art in it is is done beautifully by uh chris bacalo he does a fantastic like frantic kind of art style sharp edges which works real well for characters like iceman and he's got this real uh crystalline structure to himself that's really cool um and so yeah it's it's one of my favorite mainly because you got it's a storyline about rogue and and everything um leading her team figuring out stuff um and it's it's also a great like it stands on its own while also firmly figuring out um how to set the foundation for the messiah trilogy that's about to happen so it's a it's one of the few like setup things that is done very well in a in in comparison to most of the setup stuff that isn't and so I, I get I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. I, I think I think I've seen that one around, but I haven't gotten around to reading it. I'll have to try and see if that's on a Marvel Unlimited and give that oh, one a yeah. read. Definitely give that one a read if you can. Um like it opens with uh a rogue and a couple of the other X-Men are on a, a mission, Psych gets taken out, Frost gets taken out, and so Rogue borrows Emma's diamond skin and uh Scott's optic beams and like uh like puts puts his beams through her fist that's diamond and just like blows out like everything. It's a cre- it shows her creativeness and utilizing other people's powers on the fly to do uh, to achieve the mission. And it also shows her growing as a uh, as a leader which is explored even more through the x-men legacy like comic book line that's set concurrently with the uh like messiah trilogy i know you've said that one of the things you don't love about marvel is that it doesn't allow characters to grow up and experience character growth you think this one's a favorite because it allows a character to grow into another role uh yes and like my my particular gripe is like like spider-man is always um down on his down on his luck unemployed character right like even when he's the head of parker industries or whatever he ends back up at ground freaking zero without a penny to his name and still trying to be spider-man whereas whereas some of these x-men characters they have really been allowed to uh flourish into new roles um this rogue here is not the same rogue that was in extreme x-men or the rogue that ended that showed up 
on Xavier's doorstep after trying to leave the Brotherhood. Like, we have really seen a growth pattern for her character overall. She's gone from follower to leading her own teams multiple times, and this is definitely, like, the showcase for that. Okay, so um, we're going to do a quick mid-break thing, just to do that real fast, and then we'll pop into our number ones. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, welcome to the mid-break. We'd like to thank everyone, um, especially our patrons. Penguin, thank you very much, uh, especially for joining us this evening. And if you want to get in on the fun times of talking about stuff like this, you can join up via the link in the episode description. Um, We've got several tiers. Tier 4 and 5 gets you on the show with Penguin, who I'm sure would appreciate having someone else to take the focus off of him for a minute. I mean, he's such a chatterbox, but at the same time, I think he would appreciate having another person here with him. Uh, And if you can't support us financially, you can always drop us a review on Apple or a rating on Spotify. Any five-star reviews will get read out on this part of the show. We don't have one this week, and we really want to hear from you guys. We want to get those interactions. We want to respond within the community. So please don't be shy. Reach out to us. Which, speaking of reaching out, you can always hit us up on our Twitter, our Insta, the Facebook, or the Robots Radio Network, where we've got a channel. Uh, We were just in there a couple days ago talking about comic books and um, why Civil War is uh, a preferred favorite among some of of them. Uh, a, A link for the Robots Radio Discord will be in the description. And Shanko, I believe you do another show. I think I just actually did a crossover with you, in fact. Yes, we did. We recently had our crossover between the MCU Lorecast and the Fight Space, and that was such a fun little moment that I got to experience. I I know Psych was uh, giving me a little bit of a hard time for being a little bit of a fangirl, but can you blame me? I got to interview my favorite MMA fighter and and one of the guys who plays a character that I really love from Marvel Comics. So it was really amazing. So if you guys want to hear that interview, definitely jump over to our last episode of the MCU Warcast. But I also do a show called The Fight Space. It's one of the only female-led martial arts shows out there where we discuss the deep roots of martial arts in modern media, cover historical super fights, and break down fight scenes in film. I also share news from the fighting community and use my experience training in combat sports to give a unique perspective into the shrouded worlds of martial arts. And to the people who call that space home. Where else can they find you, Psych? I'm on the um, Mass Effect Blue Shift tabletop RPG podcast, utilizing the fate system to tell the story of four Citadel security agents solving crime on the Citadel. I play dashing human agent Jack Parizo. Um, at the time of this recording, I, we've just launched part three of our bombing run case, where our investigators 
We're getting a little bit closer to figuring out who's behind the bombings here on the Citadel. So check it out. It was a lot of fun. And episodes drop on the first Friday of the month. And uh, Penguin, is there anything you do on the side or anyone that you want people to be on about? No, not really. I I really just hang out on Discord. All right. Well, without further ado, then, let's move on to our number ones. So, Penguin, what makes your absolute top comic book story? All right. It's it's not going to be what I think you might think it is. It is Secret Invasion. Oh, oh okay. I'm f- I'm very familiar with that one, but tell us about it. Secret Invasion is it. I think it's probably the best event in Marvel when it it introduces the Skrull and the Kree. I guess I don't know. Did did they show up before? Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, it, yeah. Every every iteration of Secret Invasion between the comics and the different animated shows, it, it's all been just really good. The scrolls infiltrating Earth, replacing heroes. It it it's just a really good story all around. And it, it has a lot it has quite a few tie ins between all the different teams. Um, yes, it, it had a, an X-Men uh, tie-in, and of course it had a um, an Avengers tie-in, which really didn't make a whole lot of sense because most of the main story was also the, <laughs> the Avengers. Um, but it also had a Runaways tie-in. Um, it was overall, it was, uh, it was a great insidious thing that had been going on. It had been setting it up for years as scrolls started taking... May, some in some cases major players like uh, Ant-Man and replacing him with a scroll. So it made things like the Civil War once played through the lens of a scroll trying to do stuff that would be uh, detrimental to the superhero community, driving them apart. It really puts a new lens on the whole thing. It's it's a fantastic thing. Um, so what do you think about the MCU's Secret Invasion? It seems to be focusing mostly on uh, uh, our Mr. Samuel L. Jackson's uh, Nick Fury rather than the uh, superhero community overall. Well, I believe this is the Secret Invasion show is just going to be like the beginnings of it because it isn't that like aren't the next few Avengers movies in like three years going to be Secret Wars focused? Um, the Secret Wars. Are a, a different a secret invasion, yeah, yeah. As I, uh, I, I believe, not a hundred percent, because because right now, especially with the writer strike, a lot of the movies have been uh, again postponed, and I think Blade has ended up in uh, uh, limbo again, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so I'm not a hundred percent certain where where Marvel's going, especially um, the Jonathan Majors news in the last for the last month with his assault allegation um and the fact that a lot of insiders have been saying they that marvel pinned a lot on the kang dynasty and so they pinned a lot on this one guy and then he ends up uh, allegedly beating his girlfriend um 
no one's really quite certain where this is going. So, uh, but I do know, like, from the trailers that I've noticed, uh, it seems like their biggest draw, heroes-wise, is War Machine. Um, at least superheroes-wise, is War Machine. And we've got we've got the scrolls, and we've got you know Ben uh, Mendelssohn coming back in his in his role. We've got Colby Smolders coming back in her role as Mariah Hill, um, and of course uh, Nick Fury running around with and without the eye patch. Like it seems like they're trying to make it much more spy thriller rather than um, beat down alien invasion. We kind of did that with the Avengers beat down alien invasion. This one's far more insidious and whatever. But yeah, the comic is is really good. And it's it's the thing that allows Norman Osborn to take over, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um he gets the kill shot on the scroll queen, which uh unfortunately also had ended in the death of uh Janet Van Dyne. Uh so the Avengers having lost one of their founding members and the new hero in Norman Osborn of all people. And that allows for the rise of the iron Patriot and the dark Avengers and hammer, like a bunch of stuff that has come out of the early teens there. That was, that was that stuff or early, the early tens really, but more things to blame on Osborn. <laughs> I mean, when in doubt, blame an Osborn. Like, <laughs> If it's not directly his fault, he's somehow like tra- like tangentially adjacent to it. <laughs> Shanko, you've been awfully quiet. Are, are like you have any thoughts on the secret invasion or or any of it? So I think for me at least with the comics, I only really follow the Captain America storylines because that's what got me interested in the comics in the first place. So I'm more interested in hearing what you guys have as far as feelings on it because. Um, they're the stories that matter to you. Um, <clears throat> as far as Secret Invasion goes, though, I think, like you were stating with the films earlier, um, everything's so in limbo right now. I think it's going to be a hot minute before we figure out where any of that's going. And it's kind of a shame. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, the writers definitely deserve to get, um, you know, Raises so they does they deserve stuff. they deserve they definitely deserve to be paid what they're worth and absolutely I, I don't blame them at all for for any of this happening. In fact, the Hollywood get it together, right? Like you can on. afford it. <laughs> Hollywood can afford it, and Marvel certainly can afford it. No joke. Okay, so Shanko, I took your number one. So what what is the the book I don't know or didn't get right? I briefly mentioned it in our last episode, uh, but the Streets of Poison, that that Captain America run was a really fun one. It's Captain America going to war on drugs. He's aiming to take down some drug dealers who are dealing ice. Uh, it's he basically he goes crazy. He fights bull or he fights with bullseye crossbones. He has a a, a match with Daredevil. It's a great comic where you see him go head to head with a lot of different people uh and then he you know we get this really great and kind of um horrifying fight scene with with the red skull fighting in his skivvies (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah it's Uh, great it's it's great (laughs) i 
don't think I'm familiar with that one at all. Um, I'll admit Captain America is also like if it's not the Avengers, mm-hmm. Captain America. My Captain America knowledge is not as sound. It's mm-hmm. about on par with what I know about Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do find it funny that the man who is made by a steroid drug is going to war on drugs, but uh, that juxtaposition side. Oh, actually, so Ant-Man goes into his bloodstream, I guess, and kicks out all of the ice and also, coincidentally, the super soldier serum. <laughs> and so he's completely depowered, but still fighting the battles. Hmm. It's an interesting one for sure. And then, uh, you know, there's a great, great cross fight between Crossbones and Bullseye, which is always fun. Um, Get to see the hand-to-hand combat skills of both of them. And I always love the characters that are just excellent at violence. (laughs) (laughs) It's a skill. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a a good storyline. It spans a couple of different books. At one point, I had the whole run, and I think I sold them together as a collection at some point. Because sometimes real life gets in the way of the things we like to do. Um. But it's a storyline that I remember collecting, and it's uh, I remember specifically looking for all of these books and collecting them and putting them together, and it's nostalgic on top of liking the storyline. Okay. No, that's good. And what takes the cake for you? What makes something worthy of being Sykes' number one favorite storyline? X-Men something. Yes, it's an X-Men story. Um, it is the all new x-men uh, it is the stories that were okay so at one point during the beast's third mutation where he's looking very uh feline uh he ends up be- sort of dying from his mutation it's killing him from the inside so his great plan is well and also at the same time uh scott has become the uh, mutant revolutionary leader where um, it's time to actually take the fight. Like, he is the new Magneto, basically. It's it's also immediately after the uh, Avengers versus X-Men. So, Beast's big idea is to go back in time and get Scott's younger self to show, to shame present Scott into being less of a mutant terrorist. Because well, his younger self would just be mortified to be working with Magneto and doing these things. And he figures, this is my last big act. That's what I'm going to do with it. In the process of bringing his the the original five out of their t- place in time to the future, our, our present, um, they end up stuck here. No one can figure out why they can't go back. Um, his past self manages to help him figure out the cure, and create his fourth mutation, which uh, is the... It, it looks like he's kind of bald, and he's much more humanoid in his face. Um, it's a lot more, like, gorilla-esque in his uh, mutation this time, rather than uh, feline. Um, anyway, so that happened. And the stories with the original five in the present are some of my favorites as they navigate who they become and how to not be their 
present selves. I mean, Jean Grey is met with the fact that she became the Dark Phoenix. She will become the Dark Phoenix. She kills millions. Uh, she's dead. Brought back. Like, it's... Imagine your 16-year-old self being told all the stupid stuff that's going to happen to you in the next 10 years. That's the new X, or the original X-Men. Um, that book eventually becomes X-Men Blue, um, continuing their story, and then it eventually does end as... It feels a little rushed, but they do take them back and put them back in their original timeline, and thus, you know, keeping the future from, I don't know, fracturing on itself. Is this why you say that X-Men have a very complicated and intimate relationship with time travel? Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, it's one of uh, five or six reasons why. Um, take uh, take Shatterstar and uh, Longshot. Uh, Longshot and Dazzler get together and uh, they have Shatterstar, who is then kidnapped by Mojo, uh, turned into a warrior, and his genetic blueprints in the past, because he gets taken into the past as well, uh, get used to create Longshot. <laughs> my, my brain's only working on limited capacity, and that's too much for me. I, I, yes. So yes, the, the X-Men have a very complicated relationship with time and space and death. Doesn't exist. <laughs> it's all a construct. It is why Maria Hill refuses and absolutely despises working with the X-Men. Um, like, she... wait, you're out of time. You're from the future. You're from the past. Like, are we just really screwing up the timeline right now? Who knows? Probably. <laughs> Listen, Maria Hill might have an, a reputation for being an ice queen in the the ice queen supreme, I should say, in the comics. But you know what? She's got a lot of crap to deal with, so I don't know if I can blame her. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She, yeah, she just, yeah. But yeah, that one's, that makes my absolute top one. Mainly because it has an ending. It, it has to end. It had to, because they had to go back and go and be put back in their original places in time so that they could do all the things that turn them into their present selves um i like i like endings you like things to come full circle yes which why i like marvel comics in general i probably don't understand but does it really matter <laughs> no i don't think so uh do you have any honorable mentions uh <laughs> if i do an honorable mentions we will be here all night um i guess quickly i will say uh the messiah trilogy from the x-men um the rise and fall of the shiar empire which is an uncanny x-men line um to get out of the x-men real quick um the first couple of uh volumes of the new avengers um the i like the mighty avengers line as well which is after uh the dark rain or during the dark rain saga i also actually did enjoy the dark avengers stories um, and I kind of wish it had gone on more than the 12 issues it got. It, it did feel a little rushed. The whole siege thing also felt rushed um, as they tried to kind of reestablish the status quo after Norman Osborn took it all over. Yeah. Uh, I think my honorable mention would be the like one-off comic where Deadpool fought Crossbones. 
and uh, they ended up fighting through the streets and Crossbones ends up getting his pants caught on fire and just like rips them off, ends up fighting Deadpool through the streets wearing nothing but his underwear. He wears tidy whities which like, why is that canon? Uh, I mean, white supremacist. Fair. Definitely <laughs> fair. And then they end up just like chilling in a in a cafe and crossbones is like you know i really love dump trucks i almost just owned a garbage company and was a dump truck driver and deadpool's like that's great man <laughs> okay. sounds like the ending to a deadpool comic oh uh, yeah <laughs> about, it makes about as much sense as anything else <laughs> do right, you have pen. any honorable mentions penguin yeah you wrap up uh for an honorable mention i'd go with the most recent run of miss marvel because I, I found it right after playing the Avengers game, because I was curious to learn a b- little bit more. And I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Okay, I, I gotta ask, this is, like, what do you think about the upcoming Death of Miss Marvel that they're, they're putting mm, out? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Um, yeah. I, I think it's incredibly stupid to do that just before they put out uh, the Marvels, which... Yeah, I was going to say, the Marvels, <laughs> however, I'm very excited for. Oh, yeah. That, that looks so good. Like, anyway. <laughs> uh, we've exhausted our comic book lines, and we are now tangenting off a of tangent. So, I think this is where we're going to call it for the night. Um, thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week, where we will finally, as I have repeatedly kept forgetting my schedule we will finally discuss the black panther wakanda forever night everyone as we all know when it comes to making a movie there are a lot of people working behind the scenes to make that movie magic happen and it is no different when making a podcast welcome to the credit section of the mcu lorecast Captain Shanko and I would like to personally thank the following for their incredibly hard work and faith in us to get this podcast rolling. Tom, the head of the Robot Radio Network, for hosting and mentoring. In 7 Legend of the Mass Effect Lorecast for inspiration. Genesis and Vervada of the Two Girls One Ship podcast for introducing us. Let's Not, a fellow tabletop gamer and friend for the amazing artwork pipe men a veteran and friend for the outstanding music our significant others for believing in and supporting us through this and you our fans without whom this would be a vanity project let us know how we're doing by leaving us a review on apple or a rating on spotify and to quote stand the man enough said Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Nicola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, from Soft Lorecast, available everywhere.